Hi guys, welcome back to Casting Commons, the show where we talk and discuss pauper. I am your host Teasdale, and this is my co-host, the great creator himself, Reese. Hello. So Paul, what have you been doing magic related this week? Um, done a bit more than last week, pauper wise. Um, been playing Bogles. I uh, ran that few uh, through a few leagues. No five hours, unfortunately, but it's uh. It is super impressive as a deck. Um, I think one of my losses was to blue-green fans, which seemed like a pretty awkward matchup. Um, and the other couple were to just to the mirror, who basically outboggles to my boggles. <laughs> um, but yeah, it it seems seems really good. Um, and burn seems like it's not not a thing, but a lot less of a thing like i wasn't just constantly against burn mm. i think in in three of three and a bit leagues i played against one burn deck mm. um so yeah it seems pretty good uh you um so i've been i i was messing with the uh, poison storm like the uh Raynar list that the top 16 in the showcase challenge mm. uh, i've just been messing about with that list um trying to find like sideboard strategies best way to tackle it um it's surprisingly strong that that list in particular is definitely like probably the key main deck uh without yeah. one one of flex slot with uh serrated arrows definitely a strong deck um mono red feels beatable even po- uh even in the pre-board games it seems beatable with it being like yeah. ripping a storm um mid-range matchups like anything like ozov or whatever is completely and utterly free like utter buy so <laughs> It's just combo. That's a problem. Um, I, and that was that was the list that was basically all four ofs and one yeah. serrated arrows. Yeah, yeah so yeah. it's just constant co- all the way through four ofs, four of Thurston roots, four of deep analysis, yeah, um, four of vivisurgence, and it was just so strong. It was, uh, I was really impressed. Really impressed. Yeah, with yeah it. it was a sweet one. Um, yeah, but I I also have seen. I think I've seen Burns definitely gone down. Like it's not three four matches in a league but i think i versed in the three leagues i played i versed probably on average say two burn a league which is definitely mm. down from what it was and it's clearly just yeah. the time of the time of day you're playing but definitely definitely down noticeably down as well um affinity seems to be picking up my side like when at the times times of the i play so i've uh, i think i versed three affinity in one league one league was like three affinity two burn or something like that three affinity one burn <laughs> jesus and it was just like okay but anyways uh on the stuff that everybody's here for obviously the challenges of the weekend definitely uh interesting ones to say the least uh, if you want to yeah it, it was a really cool um well both of them were a really cool mix to be honest mm-hmm. um obviously so saturday was won by ponza red green ponza uh, second place, Jeskai Wildfire, or Jeskai Ephemerate. I'm not. I'm not sure what people are, are really calling that now. Jeskai Wildfire Ephemerate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, third and fourth were Blue Black Terran Fans, and then fifth through eighth was Bogles, Mono Blue Fear, Burn, and um, like the Pinger Burn, and another Red Green Ponza, uh, with the Naya Gates and uh, another Fans just missing out in ninth and tenth. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so yeah, it was a. Uh, yeah, it was a really varied, well, very top 10, very top 8. Mm. The double Ponza top 8 is definitely solid. Yeah. Ponza win as well. 
I do think it seems so. it was uh, it's definitely well positioned at the moment. I think depending it's on it's definitely a, a real deck. Yeah, oh, 100%. It was the most played deck, or tied the most played deck for that day, I believe. We'd like yeah, tied, tied with Burn. Yeah. It's just, if you're expecting mid-range piles, which are really good at fighting um, Burn, you know, like your Oz of Ephemerate, your Gardens, your yeah. Wildfire, like, it all seem like a reasonable matchup. Like, mm. even though Wildfire's got bridges, you've got most of them running Diglamour and uh, Natural Obsolescence. In the side to tackle that they've also got a good obviously they've got initiative good ways to like just close the game out of those mid-range piles definitely a solid choice if you are expecting a lot of mid-range yeah i know obviously you've played quite a bit of ponza how's the like the mono blue fear matchup i haven't really seen that play out before i think it's the mono blue one's probably i'd say fine overall mm. it's depends how quick you can get going Basically, if you can get under a spell stutter or whatever with your Arbor Elf or Utopia Sprawl kind of early ramp, usually yeah. it's pretty fine because they just yeah. the spell stutters just can't compete with you dropping four drops and five drops and six drops constantly. And you have yeah, you can be aggressive, which is also pretty good. With obviously with your big bombs, um, you do have access to Bolt and Scred to disrupt them somewhat. And post board, you obviously get some sort of spider. Whichever yeah. one you choose, either Twin Silk or Penumbra are both pretty solid. Yeah. So. Yeah, I suppose get, if you get under the spell stutter and then your bigger bombs are, like you say, not spell stutterable or cascade mm. into something else, like it's hard for countless to, to deal with that, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good one. Definitely, definitely a solid one. Um, yeah, Bogles, another top eight. Yeah. Just continuing to top eight challenges with, yeah. again, hardly anyone playing the deck. Um, I think was it two pilots or, or three pilots, something like that. Mm. Um, yeah, super low numbers, always just consistently top eight, and um, nothing particularly new about the list. Just looked like a fairly standard stock Vogels list. Um, sideboard again, yeah, pretty 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 standard. What you'd expect. The only thing that I guess was different to most of them is it it's run crimson acolyte instead of the falcon the flying falcon the free wind falcon yeah that's the one um which i suppose in the in the burn matchup the crimson acolytes essentially just the same guy that can has slight upside because they can't really block it anywhere yeah i guess crimson acolyte gets um some sort of like a little bit better i guess in in if you're expecting like wildfire, Jeskai wildfire and uh, Ponza, because obviously the most likely they've got access to breath weapon or fiery cannonade, which helps. Yeah, and to... you can pr protect your other guys. Yeah, so I guess that's probably where that that probably sort of shines, maybe. But yeah, fa fairly stock list, mm -hmm. but yeah, doing continuing to do well. Yeah, definitely seems solid. Um, as we can tell uh, with the uh, fans, to no one else's surprise, it was uh, GN yet again. Um, <laughs> squeezed in at eighth place as well if you if you missed that on twitter he squeezed in at eighth place with the exact same tiebreakers as i believe ninth and tenth and he, he got there with like win percentage exactly the same as mengu who came ninth yeah. so definitely squeezed in but ended up coming like fourth so i was uh i was very disappointed mengu's cut one card from the 61 card special gates deck. Oh, what is yeah, i couldn't believe that when i seen the list i was like why are you <laughs> not on 61 cards <laughs> <laughs> um no fear 
Yeah. Uh, or no, no, Brian Barrow's in Fear, sorry. Um, it's more of like a, a anti-Fear. Fear. Yeah. Um, with the, the spider golems in the main and the binder monsters instead of snaps. Mm. Um, it was just sort of a... It's nice to see, obviously, Fear doing something different. It very looks... It, it looks much like it's tooled to beat the mirror. Yeah. Which which makes sense with the amount of fair seeing play, but particularly this week and uh, the Saturday, there was not much fair at all. Mm. Um, I think it was the was it the fifth most played deck or, or sixth most played deck? It was really far down compared to what you would expect. Cool. But uh, I think we uh, I think we kind of touched on this last week as well. Though definitely, uh, the they're gonna the, they have no other choice but to adapt. As much as we've had seen copy and paste lists from the get go, they, they, yeah. they've got no other choice. With so much fear, are most likely to be around. You've got a plan to tackle the mirror and spy golem and bind the monsters are just house against that. Mm. So definitely a solid one. Um, no snaps still seems interesting to me, but I guess bind the monsters. Yeah, I get. I guess with that that deck in particular, the the core of it's so tight and so many cards. Like you just don't have the slots, hmm. um, to fit other stuff in. I guess if, yeah. if you want, if you want binds, it's essentially you have to cut snaps. If you want snaps, you have to cut binds. Yeah. Um, there's not much wiggle room there. Yeah, very true. Though. And then the um the blue black terror and the and the burn lists were just fa- fairly stock lists again. What we come to expect, the burn was like the pinger burn. Um. I think it played a couple of lava spikes, if I'm correct. Oh, that might have been the last week, uh, the next one. Mm, no, yeah, that, that's yeah. the next one. Sorry, yeah, it's it's pretty pretty stock pinger burn. Your seven pingers, and um, four swift spears, your eggs and your rends resolves and reckless impulses for your card draw, and then lava darts and and serum blazes to fill that gap in the in the burn slot. Yeah, um, four end of festivities. That seems to be. Uh... Getting more and more stock as obviously Fear gets better. Yeah. So. I think that's sort of the. That and the lava data where they don't have a great option. Yeah. Like you can put you can put lava spike in, but then you tilt them more to the burn, like the fully burn aspect, and you lose game against like Bogles and Fear. Yeah. Um, or you can have the end of festivities and the lava data in which are worse damage wise, um, but better in. In the meta at the moment, hmm. I've uh, I've definitely found that maybe this is just my recent like combo heavy games that I've been trying. Um, Lavada is definitely overshone like as a card to be worried about hmm. in those like, kind of combo matchups because you can just get multiple pingers down, nothing to do with it, and most of the time that Lavada being two spells does more than what one bolt or one yeah. spike would. So definitely, I've been surprised and impressed by how how good it's been, really. Yeah, I think I think especially now with the amount of card draw they've got, they're always hitting the land drops. Um, like once you've got two lands in play, you're getting a pretty much a land every turn for the rest of the game, mm. which is like not so, that wasn't sort of a thing with Coldover. Like you would miss a few land drops. Mm. So so now they've got like that extra land to sack to like the fire blast to the lava darts. Yeah. Um, which is why you're seeing three, two, three, four lava darts in the main, because um, yeah. you can just afford that. And like you say, with the pingers and the 
uh, Swift Spear, you're getting a lot more than one damage generally out of the Lava Dart. Yeah. Um, I guess finally, the, the thing I wanted to turn to Wildfire's definitely been appearing more and more in the last few yeah. challenges. Um, it definitely seems like a, a popular deck at the moment. And I think, to me, the main reason looking at this obviously is the way the meta has shifted. Definitely, you've got a much better matchup against a traditional burn deck than you do Cold Author. You have a lot more ways to just ephemerate some life gain, all that sort of stuff. Um, you've got access to counters, you've got access to the blue metal blasts, hydro blasts, all that sort of stuff. And you get access to Dust to Dusty and Infinity. And you probably have a, I'd say, a reasonable mono blue matchup. I'd like to see that play out a bit more to see what it ends up being like. But I could definitely see it being pretty well positioned. We'd obviously have access to Breath yeah. Open and Cannonade. Yeah, I think, like you say, that it's just in the best colours at the moment for fighting yeah. the meta. Like, especially sideboard-wise, you get the blue blast, you get the red blast, and you get the affinity head. Yeah. Um. So you are well-positioned. You've got all the indestructible lands to fight against Ponza. Mm. Um, I guess blue-black Terra, I'm not sure how bad or good that matchup is. I guess it's just how good Terra rolls. Yeah. Because um, you probably struggle to deal with 5-5s five in a short amount of time yeah um but yeah I, i've seen a lot more of wildfire in leagues as well to be honest mm. it sort of just went like you say from zero to hero pretty pretty swiftly from obviously it, it's been a deck before it just sort of dropped off and now it seems to be back pretty yeah pretty strong yeah definitely um also just realized uh i want to say forest earth the guy who played that in the third third place was playing 61 cards <laughs> a 61 card special I love a 61 card special yeah definitely definitely love a 61 <laughs> card special especially with just like random one-offs as well it's like I can't yeah. even cut one of these one-offs or the multiple four-offs like four augers cannot be cut to three has to be four like no one-offs like nice I think just the, the splits he has in his deck are pretty interesting as well like He's got two bolts and then one screen, one galvanic blast, and one flame slash as well. And, and, yeah, and one flame slash. It's like an interesting way to split those numbers. Well, I guess sometimes you can't decide what's best, so let's try it out and see what happens. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> there was time to test in, in, in leagues and stuff. Just fire the challenge and who knows what happens. <laughs> let's go. Yeah, definitely a solid one. Uh, yeah. Do you want to move on to Sunday? Yeah, definitely fine by that. So again, a, another super varied top eight. Um, first was Affinity, uh, which I believe was Luffy. Yeah, it was Luffy yeah. winning with Affinity. Uh, second was another Jeskai Wildfire. So decent results from both days from that deck. Third and fourth was White Weenie and uh, Flickertron. And then fifth through eighth was another Blue Black Terror and another Mono Red. And then a Walls deck and a Blue Green Ponza, I'm mm -hmm. calling it. Yeah, yeah. Green uh, and then ninth and tenth uh, was a red green Ponza and uh, mono red. So yeah, and again a pretty varied top eight. Um, I think I put somewhere that ba basically I think there was twelve individual decks out of top the top sixteen for both or the top the two top eights. Mm. There was twelve individual decks and only four like repetitions. Yeah, which is which is, definitely, is great. Definitely great. Um, this is the uh, I guess a big problem 
with what the PFPF potentially having to just touch on this obviously it is very very varied like there is a lot of viable decks which is yeah. usually a sign of a good healthy meta game but there is a lot of people that dislike the current top decks and I don't know if that's just the way what's the top deck like obviously mono red's been around for a lifetime affinity has been around for a lifetime fairies in some sort of capacity has been around in forever that it just feels unfun for a lot of people but that's obviously mm. not what not what the data shown the data shown obviously it's a very open yeah open meta i game. think especially for the case of uh mono blue spell stuff sprite is is not a particularly fun card to play against yeah, yeah. especially when it's getting cast at end of turn then ninja's back yeah um but yeah, obviously no no mono blue in this top ten, even for, for Sunday. Um I think there was four in the top sixteen. Alright, good. Um so they are just missing out, but yeah, zero in the top eight. And all the lists are the like spire golemy lists, um, without Brian Barrows and without um snaps. Yeah. So it is very much like the mono blues sort of becoming Pretty inbred to try and fight itself. Um, oh, sorry, there was three, three in the top sixteen. Yeah. Um, but none in the top ten. Interesting, definitely interesting. Uh, definitely interesting, like set of results as well. As you say, there's a lot of decks that I wouldn't expect to see here. Um, mm. obviously, blue, green, Ponza being one of them. That is definitely a wild choice. Uh, it's an interesting take on Ponza. Uh, it's been, I wouldn't say it's been around because people have seen it it's like i've tried it myself with the uh, temporal spring and all that sort of stuff uh, it's definitely interesting temporal spring is a nice way to do with like br bridges and crew lands that you would maybe expect from like gardens or ephemerate or even obviously affinity and jeskai wildfire but you lose generally for the most part actual removal spells you know? yeah I guess that obviously the springs like can function as a removal spell given like it gives you a turn because mm. um, it doesn't have to target a land it's yeah, yeah. obviously for, if anyone doesn't know it's one green blue sorcery um, put target permanent on top of its owner's library um, so obviously you want to be hitting lands with this deck but you can you can target other things if you need to in a pinch yeah it, it has uh, that still the, what you'd expect in Ponza is in 4 Thermocast, 4 Acid Moss and then 4 additional with Temporal Spring as well so it really does want to try and target lands I think a lot more than like Red Green does, like Red Green mm. can lose the Ponza strategy and still be a solid deck but, Yeah, but you do gain it, a couple of things you obviously gain it reminds me sort of of that green white um, like initiative style yeah. Ponza deck where it's, it's basically Want to turn one Utopia or Arbor Elf into um, as getting as fast as it can into a Vengeance Hunter, yeah, um, and then stabilize from there with your land destruction. Um, obviously, playing two Entourage of Trest as well as like Avenging Hunters five and six, mm. um, which is a sweet card. It's always one I thought should see probably a bit more play than it does. Yeah, I think it's just probably a little bit too expensive for its body as well, and. It doesn't really have. I don't think its text is that relevant as such. Yeah. That's the. I think that's the big downside to it to me. But. Yeah, I guess it sort of helps it. It if you play it into a, a board state where you're not fully ahead, it can obviously block two guys yeah. to try and defend the monarch a bit better. 
Um, but yeah, it, it, it's cool to see blue green ponza yeah. there. But obviously, a, a really good weekend in general for ponza with two two top eights on Saturday and then a top eight and a, a ninth on Sunday. Yeah, um, for for anyone who doubted the deck, it's uh, yeah. <laughs> it seems to have proven that wrong. Yeah, definitely, definitely a solid choice. Yeah. Um, and and then mono red um making an appearance again seventh and tenth again the the all the lists were very similar the the pinger pinger burn style um i think yeah the this was the the seventh place list ran two lava spikes instead of two of the end of festivities that that's pretty much all you've got is a change there yeah a couple of sideboard card changes as well like flame slashing the board yeah, one one of flame slash. Oh no, two of flip flame slash. Well, yeah, fairly stockish looking list. With like as I say, we've they've kind of consolidated themselves. I think they've had the had the fun testing out burning tree and all that sort of stuff. And it seems like this is just the list that has the most success. It does seem to have sort of settled in a bit more of a reasonable place than when people were calling for bands yeah. like what three four months ago. Mm -hmm. Um, obviously, there's there's one in the top eight both both times, but that's it. It's it's not like massively dominating. Yeah. Um, and I don't think the, like the percentages were that high for it either. It wasn't. It wasn't the most played deck on Saturday. I'm not 100 percent for Sunday. Um, I think there was three. Three in the top sixteen for Sunday. Mm. Um. So yeah. Do, doing well, but not overbearing. I wouldn't say. Yeah, we had that. We had that blip a few weeks back where it was like the only played deck in one challenge. But yeah. after that, it's sorted itself out and mm. just it fits nicely into the meta game at the moment. As fun as Swift Turn One Swift Speed go for two or <laughs> three games sounds, it, it it is a it just is there to stay and it is beatable, very beatable. Yeah. Um, walls. Let's touch on this. Yeah. Walls is alive. A top eight from Walls. Yeah. What is going on? Our Lord and Saviour of Paz will be happy. What is going on? Um, I don't think it was anything too exciting either. It looked fairly stock from when I briefly looked at it. What, however, the, the stock as well lists yeah. look, yeah. It, it looked pretty reasonable. Obviously, I had its one-offs, but they were all sort of the ones you'd expect. Yeah. Um. I'm just taking a quick... Yeah, definitely seems... Yeah, it's fairly stock as you can expect. The one of reaping the graves in the main. Um, a third pass, a third path savant, obviously, in the main has started to eke its ways, being like the extra yeah. wink on. Um, I guess one tuk-tuk uh, must have fell out of favour. There used to, used to be like two to three ofs. I'm assuming that's kind of fallen out of favour. The rift saw has started to become more stock as well. Definitely like these, these sort of lists. Um... But definitely very solid. I always do find the uh, Avacyn Pilgrim funny. They've started to mm. run the Avacyn's Pilgrim in the main. And it's basic, I believe, anyways, as far as my understanding goes, it's for the uh, Acolytes in the side. Just making yeah. it so much easier for them. But uh, definitely a solid one. Yeah, I know, especially um, when it was called over. Um, what It wasn't a great matchup for Walls. I don't know how shifting the ping of burners change that probably not much um but yeah yeah acolytes definitely one that you would like access to interestingly it's got both 
uh, access to both acolytes, got access yeah. to the black one as well. Yeah. Um. So ever since Pilgrim's definitely putting his work in. Yeah. That is trying cool. to activate the sideboard. Yeah, it's uh, definitely a solid one, but it does. It's a, it is a weird one. I'm surprised is there because I would ex I would still if I was going into these challenges, I would expect uh, a lot of mid range piles with a lot of access to black and also red, which are obviously mm. pretty good at dealing with these walls in terms of smash to dust. You've got Galblast flame slash all that sort of stuff. You have mm. chainers. You've got cast down. You've got a plethora of removal, and I would expect a lot of a lot of these decks, maybe not in the numbers as um like mono blue but definitely enough to be annoying yeah i think when you sort of add them together as well it yeah. it, it does like you say add up to, to a reasonable number of, of mm. mid-range decks getting played but yeah um yeah a really good show from walls it's yeah. it's nice to see yeah definitely definitely pretty interesting top eights from both sides both Saturday and sunday definitely very good mm. um Happy to see a lot of different decks, little variety. I guess we uh, got a shout out the Flickertron as well. Was it the same pilot? That is the question we did not uh, did not check, and it was it was it was our our Clint twenty one. Is yeah, is definitely uh, is definitely repping the fl Flickertron. Yeah, definitely. And putting up decent results. Um. Yeah. Obviously, last week, I don't think he top eight, but he was pretty close both times. Mm. But yeah, getting in there. Definitely doing solid work. Lots uh, of one-offs, as you would expect. <laughs> yeah. I guess when you can play with your sideboard and your mainboard, <laughs> it's pretty good when you can click fast enough. Um, do you want to move on to shout-outs? Yeah, go for it. Yeah, so I just want to shout-out, obviously, our man, GN42 constantly performing obviously but seriously dude give someone else a chance seriously <laughs> like um i guess we gotta say our prayers for mengu missing out on top eight with uh naya gates coming in ninth but he maybe would have got it if he had the 61st card i guess i think that would have made the difference yeah, exactly. it, would have had, it would have had 0.1 percent more win percentage <laughs> if, he had, if he had that extra card yeah and uh, I guess got a shout out for Weber for innovating constantly and also repping the PFP. He definitely got eleven. He got eleven place, I believe, on the Sunday. We will keep the deck list a surprise until we get into our highlights, I guess. So yeah, again, it's it's good to see someone from the PFP playing. Yeah. Um. Obviously, I imagine they all play in some capacity, but obviously there's a big spotlight on the challenges and, and whether doing well is is good yeah. advertising for them basically yeah, yeah. to show look like we know what we're doing <laughs> we're not playing for them. <laughs> yeah just exactly just being visual is all is all you need like everyone assumes that the, they obviously know how to play pauper they've played pauper before for the most part you know yeah. but Having Weber being there, being visible, is definitely repping for the PFB. Definitely a solid one. Same, yeah, same with Heisen, obviously, with constant YouTube. But good on Weber for obviously constantly playing the challenges. Um, do you want to move on to deck highlights? Yeah, go for it. Do you want to go first? or? Uh, I feel bad for taking this one, so I was going to let you do mine as no, well. No, no, it's, it's, it's okay, it's okay. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so my pick for the Saturday was the... Ninja Affinity deck um, that came 11th with uh, against this pilot. Um, 
Teasdale did dibs this deck, but I completely forgot that he dibs the deck and wrote it in my notes first. So yeah, he, uh, he had to choose a different deck. Um, but yeah, it's it, it's such a cool um, sort of innovative way to to play. The um, a sort of I guess the affinity shell. It's more the the frog nightmare enforcer shell at this yeah. point. Um, basically, it's it's a blue red version cutting the black sack card draws like Deadly Dispute and Reckoner's Bargain from Affinity and instead going up on four Thoughtcasts and playing um, the Ninjas, so Ninja Deep Hours and Moon Circuit Hacker to, as the sort of card draw engine mm. um, and then obviously utilising cheap creatures like Ornithopter and like Vault Scourge to get these down fast and get you drawn some cards and then with that amount of creatures it means you can utilise Springleaf Drum pretty well um, I think Springleaf from Ornithopter in particular is very underrated as a start yeah. of how explosive like that start can be. Um, yeah, it, it was really, really cool to see. And obviously doing something right, coming 11th in a fairly, not defined meta, but where all the decks doing well are, are fairly fine-tuned decks. Mm -hmm. um, coming 11th with something a bit more off the wall. Yeah, really, really impressive. Yeah, definitely. Uh, this deck looks sweet. When I seen Weber obviously tweet about his performance, it was definitely I was surprised at how good it. I've you've like there is some decks that you've that have been like about for quite a while, like um, the the Ornithoptery Ninja Engine, but the the nowhere near as refined as this. And for mm. the most part, I've seen them they've been blue white as well. And and this is just a cool take on it. Definitely utilizing Springleaf Drum is great. Um, there's nothing really out the ordinary that you wouldn't say, oh, that's actually really innovative. But the deck together just looks like pretty impressive. Need some more hover guards though, I think, moving forward because that guy yeah. is sweet. It would, yeah. I, obviously, it's got the one gear seeker in. Mm -hmm. Um, I, yeah, I agree. Some hover guard is something that looks like it could fit in this deck pretty well. Yeah. Um, it's definitely going to give me an excuse to get my uh, ornithopters back out and. And play this in paper it, it does look really cool don't don't forget your flyer husk because that's definitely yeah. a solid one i really do like flashback that. flashback to old porter where flare husk was everywhere yeah definitely a good deck um and the sideboard as well looks fairly as you'd expect with your uh hydroblast your electric or isn't dispel you have a four hydroblast two electric or is one dispel two relics for obviously graveyard decks um three pyroblasts two grilla sham then a one of turn aside for obviously the dust to dust counter, pretty mm -hmm. Yeah, it, I'm looking forward to giving it a go. Yeah, it does look sweet, definitely. Um, and I'm interested to see how Weber obviously tunes this moving forward. Because it's definitely a solid one. So, what deck did I uh, push you to choose in as a second choice? <laughs> well, I was gonna choose like Jeskai Ephemerate and go with the 61 card special and. Things like that, but I just can't bring myself to do it. So I chose um, Kai Kaz, twenty fifth place, Naya Slivers. Yeah. Not as exciting, not as exciting as Ninja Affinity. Don't get me wrong. Not as exciting as pretty much most decks, but this deck is sweet. Like I do like myself some Slivers and um, Slivers. As I've joked with many people before, Slivers is the best deck in Pauper. Without a shadow of a doubt, if it can get its mana on time. And its biggest problem in the deck 
is its mana. Yeah. By far. And the, the list is fairly stocked, to be honest. It's got the... Is it the 12 Lords? The 4 Predatory, the 4... I always forget. Sinew is the white one. And yeah, the and the 4 Muscle, muscle as well. Um, fairly standard. You've got the 4 Virulent Sliver, the 4 Plated Sliver, Gem Hide, and the... I guess the, oh, the Sidewinder as well. All fairly yeah. stock things that you'd see. Um, the main differences is... I guess from this one is usually they run red and red alone for hunter sliver and heart sliver, the haste and the provoke slivers, and they basically use sidewinder and hunter as like their removal in very commons, and you just like obviously kill any creature by forcing them to block and flanking them to death. Yeah. Uh, but this one's gained. It's got like a blue splash with one wing sliver in the main, which is pretty sweet. And it's using the four Citadel Gates, two Mana Gates, and the four Gem Hides to cast it, which is definitely fairly solid. Mm-hmm. Up to 20 lands, which I don't think stock for Slivers, though. And I, But I definitely do like the move to the Gates. It does slow them down, but it gives them a much better mana base than the like Ash Barons and the Settlers Holdout, or whatever the card's called, the Spring Leaf Drum on the land. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I do love Slivers, but as you say, it's one of those decks that it has the potential to be there mm. and it's always so close but the the mana just never feels like it comes together mm. um it's one of those where something like a an ancient ziggurat downshift or a yeah. like a, a land in that vein being downshifted to common would probably push it to be in like a, a really good playable deck yeah um obviously get, getting 25th with slivers is is an amazing result and it's great it's great to see i'm glad that i chose ninja affinity and push it to choose this yeah the sideboard's pretty interesting as well like being able to like it's got celestial flares which are obviously against bogles and things but being brave enough to have white white as a sideboard option is yeah pretty strong um definitely fairly solid sideboard a lot of two of so it's like got two journeys two fairy macabres two celestial flares two smash to dusts Two Dawnbringers, two Weathers, a Destroy Evil, a Flare and Pain, and a Standard Bearer. All, like, good, solid, Nea-coloured cards with a Fairy Macabre as a graveyard hit that works well with the four Winding Ways and four Leader Stampedes in the yeah. main. So, definitely, definitely all, all cards I'll, I'll be fine seeing in the sideboard, and definitely solid ones. Um, interestingly enough, they've moved away from, I think there's a Black Sliver that I, I used to see in the sideboards, which was, like, did something to regenerate slivers or something along them lines. Oh, like Crypt Sliver, maybe. To yeah. pay to regen. Yeah, there's some, something along them lines. Um, and obviously, choosing to not have any... Um, the one that's good against Stonehorn Dignitary, the, the name the name also escapes me. The one that's like Hellbent can ping to deal one to a player. and Yeah. Um, keeping those kind of slivers out of the sideboards definitely seem to help for this deck, because... You've just got good sideboard cards. In good yeah, I, su- I suppose at the moment stuff like Stonehorn is is really down. Yeah. You're like you're not expecting to face that, so definitely seems like a decent choice. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah, as you said, obviously there's, they've worked on the mana base. It still doesn't look like a good mana base, <laughs> but it it looks a lot more functional than yeah. slivers of the past. Yeah. Um, yeah. so it'll be cool to see if there's some more development goes on here and we get cards that people have either haven't discovered yet or haven't tested in slivers yet to, to make this issue 
better. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. It's also just odd seeing the gates without a basilisk gate. Yeah, I guess you can. <laughs> I guess if you if you want to make yourself feel better and not confused, you can put the like thrive on lands in, which are functional yeah. gates. But but then you can't pretend to be gates on turn exactly. one. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I'm assuming that's the reason they chose chose those. But yeah, would you like to move on? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, it's a good choice. Good choice, slivers. So like. Uh, do you want to go first, or do you want me to go first? I feel like... uh, I, yeah, I can go first again, I don't mind. Um, so my choice for Sunday was the 31st place deck, which was an old-school mono black, um, which again was really cool to see doing well again, like a pretty historic deck to Porter, um, that hasn't really done much in a, quite a while. Mm. Um, like Gardens, I guess, has sort of replaced it in that slot. Um, but yeah, Cumbage, which is Chitter and Rats, Mono Black, sneaking into the top 32. Um, I don't think there was too much new about it. It's still obviously running the Chitter and Rats, Cumbage, which is Grey Merchants, um, Thorns, Fire and Rages. Um, it had four Obscura storefronts, which I thought was interesting. I guess it's sort of a swamp a tap swamp that's stings your deck and gains your life. I don't know if that's sort of a good enough inclusion to be coming into play tapped, but yeah. um, Is providing it... you've got it on turn one, you don't have really anything to do on turn one with this deck. It's it's not the worst. Hmm. It is an odd one. It's a, definitely an odd choice because you, you have like potentially Witch's Cottage as well, which can come into play tapped. You've got Bog, which comes into play tapped. Yeah. Just adding four more tap lands, but I guess... Do you have much on two as well? Like, you've got the witches, I guess, which in some matchups. Yeah, basically, witches, removal, and um, signing bloods. Yeah. So, it's an odd, odd choice, but I'm guessing that obviously the pilot obviously felt that the life game was needed, maybe the deck thinning, but seems like an odd one overall to me. There's no. Hmm. But yeah, obviously, uh, an interesting one of that you'll appreciate is a one-off pestilence in the main. Yeah, I'd like to say I called it, but I kind of half-called it. I mentioned it. <laughs> it's all that matters. The only, the only copy of pestilence in the top 32 of both challenges. Yeah. <laughs> but it is there. It, is it does there. exist. It is there. Um, I'm surprised by this list, though, in all, in all seriousness. Like, they've gone down on, like, rages and, like, uh, I can't remember the name of the two-mana one. Uh, like, oh, the little vampire, the yeah, two mana one one that draws a card and there's like Legion Zealot, is it or something like that? Possibly, yeah. Um, so yeah, they've like kind of completely gone away with those almost, with only two copies of Phyrexian Rager, and then hard relying on the on three thorns and three signing bloods to kind of carry the draw. Yeah. And then after that, you're just going to effectively four Garys and one Vampire Sovereign as your late game and. I guess you've got one Gurmagangler too, and you're just relying on Chitter Rats, Witches, and Crit Rats to clean up with removal. I guess the the Starfronts, like, obviously they don't help much, but they'll help your card draw slightly, yeah. giving you slightly less chance to draw lands, and they'll help out the one Gurmagangler. Mm. Um, I don't know if that's a good enough reason to run them, but it is sort of some incremental value that, that might have helped this mono black deck do well. Yeah. Potentially. Um, 
Yeah, and then sideboard is is pretty interesting. Obviously, I haven't seen a, a mono black sideboard in quite a while. Um, two spinning darkness, two tendrils of corruption, four relics, uh, an extra guest verdict to go with the two in the main, uh, three suffocating fumes, two duress, and a one of Deca Kami. Um, seems fairly well covered against most things. Obviously, stacked on the relics um, for terror, and then stacked on the fumes for the like fair X one decks. But other than that, it seems fairly well rounded. Yeah, it's got surprise. It's got surprised the amount of life gain, I guess, because tendrils is obviously life gain as well. Then you've got spinning darkness in the side. You've got two extra copies of tendrils, along with yeah, star fronts. The one vampire sovereign and the four Garys as well. Yeah, kind of adds up over time. I think if you can get there, it, mm. it obviously it will add up. Um, but with Gary, Gary and Sovereign being at five, and tendrils again at four, it's it will be tough, but. Yeah, obviously got got into the top thirty two. Um pretty old school old school style deck. Yeah. A black deck with no uh cast downs, surprising. Well. Yeah, and no snuff outs. Yeah. But Reddit will be happy, Mono Black is back. <laughs> Do you wanna go on to your pick? Yeah, so my pick is the blue green Ponza deck that came eighth. Which is by Leo yeah. Bertucci or Tucci? I'm not even gonna. I'm just gonna accept. I'm gonna ruin that name. <laughs> Bertucci, maybe. Apologies, but yeah, I just think we want to cover it because I do think Blue Green Ponza has kind of existed, but not really at the same time. Everyone loves the idea of cascading into Moldrifter and blowing up people's lands. You know, fun policing is definitely a good thing that people enjoy. And I think it's an interesting take. Even the mana base is fairly interesting with like a one of Growth Chamber, one of Ash Barons, one of Crystal Grotto, two of the uh, Kaldine Blue Green Snow Jewels, and then you've got one of Snow Covered Iron and 14 Snow Covered Forests, which I, apart from obviously thermocast in your own land, there's no real reason for them to be snow covered, I believe. Um, yeah, I, I would assume that's the, the reason is the thermocast. Um, but yeah, you, you lose obviously Bored and Party, Bolt and Scred, but you gain Temporal Spring, you gain three Mold Drifters here, and one Azure Fleet Admiral, which is the uh, Blue Monarch, if anyone does not know. The three and a blue, three three gain a Monarch, and it can't be blocked if. It can't be blocked by creatures the Monarch controls, so if you, uh, your opponent has the Monarch and took it off you, it's a three three unblockable, which is quite nice. Yeah, I think one thing that's sort of not obvious about this deck is it's not that blue. I think there's eight blue cards in the main and maybe what, two in the side? Yeah. So it sort of gets me thinking is there something you could do with a mono green Ponza and just have like a super clean mm. forest mana base? Yeah. Um, it might be an interesting thing to look at because you, you're basically you're this is playing the blue for the Muldrifters and the Admiral's card draw, and then the four Temporal Springs is like removal slash extra land destruction. Mm. Um, obviously, the the red Ponza deck basically plays red for removal and the Borden Parties, yeah. if I'm remembering rightly, yeah. um, along with sideboard cards, but it, it might be something that there is maybe a mono green Ponza deck that might 
do well off having just a super clean mana base. The the best draw for the deck is obviously turn one, either Ab or Elf or Utopia Sprawl, getting that mm. down. And, and when you're running so many tap lands, um, that's obviously less less likely to do. Um, it is on 14 for us, but there's, what, another six lands. If it starts with that, it, it can't put the yeah. put the turn one player down. Yeah. And the, so that might be something interesting. The amount of times that I've seen, like, you, you would lose a game literally by having, like, by not having access to turn one Arbrelf or Wild Growth. Like, it's quite surprising, but you, you may look at your hand and say, all right, I can turn to Wild Growth or turn to Utopia Sprawl or whatever and think you're fine, but... The fact that how that then lines up with your opponent's plays completely changes, and it's yeah. not, and it's not necessarily like your gate your deck didn't do what it wanted to do because it, it cast wild growth or utopia spell or arbor elf and then it cast a vengeance hunter and it cast an alt so it cast a thermo a thermo cast all that sort of stuff but they just line up better when your opponent basically has that extra turn yeah so there is an actual potential pull for a mono green ponza definitely I could see yeah. that. And I think especially when you you look at this sideboard as well, um, it's essentially thirteen but well, it's it's thirteen green cards and then two really odd blue cards that yeah, yeah. I've never really seen used before. Um oh. so it's it's one Nihilist Disciple, one natural ob- obsolescence and four Diglamour, uh three scatter scot- shot archer, four weather the storm, and then two slow motion, which is a, a two and a blue enchantment. Um, aura, I'm assuming that's been a right too. Yep. Um, and d- during the upkeep of Enchanted Creatures Controller, that player pays two or sacrifices that creature, and then when it's put into a graveyard from play, return it to its owner's hand. Mm. So it's like a rank or pseudo removal spell, like makes them pay a tax for the guy or lose it. Which I'm not sure how good that is. It seems like an odd one because uh, so when I seen this list, I actually had to, I, I did look at what this card was i had no idea and uh, i i personally think my pauper card knowledge is quite quite wide i know quite a lot of off the wall cards but yeah this one i have not a clue and i don't really see the where it's for i really don't No, that's that's what i was really struggling with <laughs> so if the pilot of this deck uh does listen to this podcast please let us know what it is for because i could see like obviously if you do get the um, if you get like I guess maybe on the play I guess you can kill a one drop right I guess what if you just turn one Utopia Sprawl and yeah. turn two yeah. you can kill a one drop <laughs> you're using your three mana, three mana spell to kill a one drop I guess yeah uh... Yeah. I, it, it's sort of one that it's obviously good if the deck that you're playing it against has little lands, which mm. you're blowing up lands. So something like Mono Red, it would probably be interesting against, although it costs three. Mm. So you're sort of also relying on yourself going off and doing your thing yeah. with your Utopia Sprawls. I guess. Um, maybe, <laughs> maybe Terror as well, potentially. Yeah, if you can keep them down on lands. Yeah. And, just keep them down, even not even to lose it, but like if you can keep them down mana wise, like the pain two constantly, they're not progressing the board or or yeah. what have you. Maybe that's kind of maybe what it's for. I don't know. Yeah. But definitely an interesting choice. But also looking at the sideboard, you effectively have it's got five de glamours in the sense of four yeah. de glamours and a natural obsessions. 
five weather the storms in effect with four weathers one disciple and then it's like three scattershot archers to deal with fear and corgi i guess and then two random cards i've never heard of yeah, yeah. but you've got four green card uh sorry as you say you've got 13 green cards so there's definitely yeah. a pull to be mono green to me yeah i think there's definitely something worth trying here as a as a mono green version like the more drifters and the admiral you could probably swap for the um Albert the wolf or Pac-Man. yeah or, or albert yeah Pac-Man or albert the temporal spring i'm not really sure what that that would go to um and then obviously the sideboard you could easily make mono green um there's a video idea for you mono green mono green ponza just for reference really, I, <laughs> have, I, I, I have actually wrote it down <laughs> Just, uh, so but yeah, yeah, cool, cool one to see. Obviously, a very different deck and yeah. top eight and with it as well. It's really cool. It's it's the sort of um, variety and innovation that is really great to see in Pauper. Mm. I also guess the something I mentioned is what people have done previously in the past is went the other way of going instead of going mono, go three color. Like the mm. the blue and the red are so light that there is potentially a way to go rogue fairly easily like actual removal is a reason to play it board party is a real reason to play it mold drift is a real reason to like go yeah. down that route so going the other way of like three plus colors or splashing a lot of things is also another way to go which we have seen in the past with people playing board party to cascade into mold drifter and stuff so it'd be interesting to see if that also happens as well yeah i guess you want to go on to our recap of last week what we expected to happen yeah definitely so I'll, uh, the first one I've got is uh, basically hoping that the, the diversity will continue in the top 8 um, and in the challenges in general really um, and that definitely seems to be the case um, hopefully again it, it continues to to net roll as, as long as it can um, 12 different decks between two top 8s um, we'd only really burn and blue black terror being repeated as sort of common decks, and then there was two Jeskai Wildfire and two Ponza. Um, so yeah, I, th I think it's obviously really good to see the amount of diversity at the moment. Leagues, there's still a bit of mono red, but it definitely seems lessened. Um, and again, with fear, fear seems to be on a bit of a downtrend. Um, it might just pick back up and be dominant again next week but hopefully it, it stays more on level with everything else yeah my person i think challenges are definitely getting diverse and as we've seen um even going further down like there was obviously still a gates deck in the ninth place with obviously mengu was playing the gates deck so it, yeah. it, it goes further down than just the top eight which is also nice yeah, yeah and but i do think leagues at the moment is probably where the issue feels because Burn's still a thing, but it's less. Affinity is still a thing, but it's less. And Mono Blue is still a thing. Like there is, they are the, definitely the three most played decks in leagues, and it definitely yeah. shows. Um, unfortunately, but it is the way people are just going to use that as a way to farm ticks and get wins. And you're going to play the best decks. It's yeah, I think in especially in Mono Red's case when it's so quick and easy to be like, yeah. oh well, I've got I've got forty minutes. I'll just jump on and play around the Mono Red, and then I'll go. Yeah. Um, you can just do that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, hope, hopefully the, the diversity continues and 
obviously good results in challenges leads to the decks being played more in leagues so it it drives that diversity yeah definitely definitely does um our second take or, or we'll say your take let's go um, was that pestilence will make a top 32 appearance as a four of uh, yeah. <laughs> I, i'm i'll quote as a four of, I'm yeah. not even gonna say as a one of. I'm gonna double down. Yeah, I did double down, and I wish I never. Obviously, because we did get pestilence as a top thirty-two. Yeah. In a one-off one pestilence, which in sixty-four decks. Yes, yes, but I was close. Wait, close, yeah. close enough. Well, to be fair, in my defence, I also wasn't even meaning him on a black. I was referring to yeah. like the way of black, black white. white, but also black white took a massive downtick, and generally, like it was very rarely seen in the top 32 so kind of just went off but I, I, I like to go off the wall you know Gotta try I like to this. think the, the guy playing the uh, mono black deck put one in just for you yeah. just in case the top 32 yeah. it's like oh I'll, I'll help tease their land yeah thank you but yeah what one pestilence in the top 32 it's probably the most recent one in the past six or seven weeks I would guess if not more yeah. Um. so yeah again cool to see um, our our third take was um, that the format will shift more to hitting on mono blue, um, and less to hitting on mono red. Um, this is a bit of an interesting one. I think in in mono blue decks in particular, it's obvious that they've shifted how they build. Yeah. Um, to beat the mirror. Um, so it's sort of true in that aspect, but I think in general, um. There's still just obviously tons and tons of hydros and um, bebs about. Yeah, I think you are right. Obviously, the blue uh more fight in the mirror than focusing on red. But I also think the decks that are shining are probably have reasonable game against both. So, yeah. like we mentioned, I think probably on the first episode of the podcast, where if if it goes to more like a burn or ping a burn green decks kind of shine because weather the mm. storm gets so much better compared to you know when it was called author where you you don't really it's not as good yeah. um and that seems to have happened with obviously ponza taking a big leap but it also ponza in general i would say has reasonable game against mono blue so yeah. it's more they've shifted to decks being played that are good against both or have game against both as opposed to saying good i guess yeah, is, yeah. is where it seems to have gone yeah, so uh, with that one, I don't think we were really too far off, to be honest. No. It's, it's sort of maybe not as abrupt as we would have expected, um, but there is definitely a shift there. Yeah. Um, Our fourth one was that the mono blue list would change. Um, Obviously, we're pretty bang on there. It's, there's basically, I would say, two versions of mono blue now. There's the Spire Golem bind version and there's the brine barrel snap version yeah um obviously there is some difference between the sideboard cards but barring those eight cards they're pretty similar um but i would say that's that's close enough for for two distinct lists now yeah i could say that. um especially given how copy and pasted it, it has been in the past like few months mm, definitely definitely been solid um, so yeah, another one we went too far off on. Hopefully they continue to develop. Obviously there's, there's not much space in that deck mm. to to tweak. Um, but it'll be cool to see like a distinctly different version that was also doing well. Yeah. Um, 
and our last one from last week was basically that um, Luffy's innovations with Affinity would become more common in the, the Affinity list that you see doing well. Um, there wasn't a huge amount of Affinity either day, to be honest. Um, I think there was three in both top 32s. Mm. Um, one of them both days being Luffy. Um, and the he he obviously was still repping his hover guards, um, and Hermuda, who also top thirty two both days, um, was also repping hover guards, um, and the the other like the third list was just sort of a more stock looking affinity, um, so yeah, affinity pretty down at the moment. Um, but yeah, still trying, still trying hover guards. Yeah, it, it it seems like a solid choice as I said, with all the mono blue going around and another reason I guess if people do rep Luffy and Luffy and Hamuda are the ones playing the hover guards um, in challenges, you probably it shines more with Spire Golem and bind the monsters as well. Those kind yeah. of Spire Golem definitely a lot better um, when the affinity players playing a three two flyer. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, hopefully people do start more taking Luffy's lead um, moving forward because I do think Hover Guard is a solid one. And also even having sideboard cards like he did previously with like the negates and the breath weapons in the main is still another good shout because yeah. you have so much card draw that them three or four slots just doesn't really matter. Yeah, you'll see, you'll see them if you need them and then they won't be the end of the world if you don't need them. Yeah, definitely. Um, so our expectations for from now for next week um i've sort of struggled with this one for my first one just because of the amount of like variance we've seen in these two challenges mm. um there wasn't anything sort of immediate that was sticking out to us um what i've sort of landed on was that mono blue will basically do what mono red did when it was sort of developing um, like the last few weeks where we'll now see both lists like uh, a golden bind list and a, a snap prime borrower list in in the top 32s um, rather than them all just going into this golden bind will beat the mirror um, so yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna settle on that but we'll see both we'll see both mono blue variants I'd like to add a variant that would we'll see like a mix as well yeah Potentially, I can I can definitely see someone will probably come up with like a, I don't know, like a golden snap or a, a blind yeah. bind. You know what I mean? Like that that it doesn't necessarily have to be one or the other. We will definitely see some sort of variance where people will take away. Oh, golden's actually really good in this situation, and or binds better in this X Y Z. So you'll still keep something like a mix of both. I can definitely... yeah, like a, a hedge for the mirror, but also playing the yeah. the older skill. Yeah, yeah, the older game plan. Yeah. So, I guess my challenge to you then is if you're struggling for a second one, as I tend to do, is pick an off-the-wall option and go <laughs> for it. So, I'm saying that's what I would... I, I'll, I'll say mine and then maybe have a think on it. Like Maybe say Slivers is going to top eight or something. <laughs> just go there. Just that's Because mine are both wild. I was, again, struggling for... Uh, the, the metagame is definitely wild at the moment. So, I've kind of made really strong claims from weak things that i've seen so my first one i've picked is poison storm will pick up 
which is the Rena um, Poison Storm Depletion Lands proliferates your opponent to ten, as mentioned at the start of the video, uh, start of the podcast. Sorry, uh, it'll pick up, and the, my reason is because I think Fair and Red and Affinity are all these sort of like big decks are kind of on the downtick and the kind of developing and mid range piles like Ponser like uh, black white or all these sort of things are kind of starting to they're not being the best decks but the they're taking up a big percentage when you add them all together and poison storm is such a good map like any mid-range pile is so free it's so free like i am not even joining you like it's like 99 percent win rate is ponza not the exception to that nope. when you're playing no nope. uh, no no honestly honestly my ponza matchup with uh deplete with poison storm is surprisingly good yeah yeah, as soon because as, as soon especially game one, all you need to do is get one of the artifacts down, and you basically you're running. Yeah, true. It's it's surprising, like, and you do run a lot of lands, so. Yeah. I've I've been quite surprised. I I thought the exact same thing, but I've been surprised with it, definitely. So that's my first one. Uh, my second one, I kind of want to. I don't want to change it, but I kind of want to. After the discussion we've just had about the uh, blue green Ponza. My original one was, we'll see a rug Ponza next week, i.e. some sort of development on that. But I yeah. also feel like I'll change it to more, we'll see a variation on Ponza. So it might not necessarily be rug, it might not necessarily, it could be green-white, I guess. It could be mono-green. We'll just see something that's moving away from standard red-green yeah, that we are used yeah, to. Yeah, basically not a, a straight-up red-green, yeah. a, a different variant of Ponza. Yeah. yeah. I can see that because there's definitely different colors or even just monocolor all have different pulls to obviously against the variations of the meta game that we're seeing at the moment. So that that is my two. Right, go on, go on, pick I'll, one. I'll go. I'll go with the one. Then I'll uh, I'll add it in now. Ninja Affinity top eight. Let's yes, go. yes. <laughs> see, look at that. Uh, I think yeah. This, Given it, given it, it top thirty two. What both days? Did it, um, did it top thirty two on the Sunday as well? I think so. It was it was eleventh on Saturday, and I think it was like thirty first or thirty second on Sunday. If I'm not mistaken. But anyways, yeah, okay, that's I, I'm not gonna. Yeah, thirty second on the Sunday. I'm on the Saturday. So that's that's good enough. That's top yeah. thirty two. Yeah. Count. Um, so yeah, I'll go with uh, a Ninja Affinity top eight. I didn't even see that, you know. Did you? Did you change? I <laughs> oh, took an Ether Spell Bomb out for for a second Gear Seeker. Yeah. Interesting. I did honestly. So de I developing. Missed, I missed that list. I missed it on the uh, Sunday. Wow. Yes, I am all for this. <laughs> I am all for this. Um. So is that want to wrap it there? Call it there. Yeah, yeah. yeah? That's it from me. So that is all from us at Cast and Commons. Until next time, and do not forget to stay hydrated. See ya.